Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, wow! It's me, Jenny, and me, Kristen. Uh, before we get started with today's episode, we have some stuff to talk to you about. Yeah, Jenny, you weren't here uh, two weeks ago, and a week before that, so we're like way past this announcement. But did you hear a rumor that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is getting a reboot? What? <laughs> you mean she's finally getting a new pair of boots? She got. <laughs> she. After all this time, Kate is going to be so excited. Yeah, yeah. Finally, a new pair of boots for Kate to talk about. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a minute to like have a moment here with all of us. We've been having a lot of feelings all around, and yep, I don't know what yep, yours yep. are. Well, okay. I've been seeing, like, obviously a lot of people uh, having a variety of feelings about this all over the internet. And um, here's what I can say. Yeah. What can you say? I am a natural-born optimist, mm. and I am going to uh, hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And if it's not what we all want, right, then I will mourn it. But for right now, I'm just like, okay, uh, I'm gonna hold out hope that this is great. I mean, I think like obviously, I I think you guys talk, you and Joanna talk. Yeah. Right? So if you don't know this already, Joanna Robinson and I sat down and we did um, a special episode right after the the reboot was announced. That is both on our buffering Patreon page and also on Joanna's Storm of Spoilers Patreon page. So if you're a patron of either of ours, you have that episode where we talk a little bit more in depth about things. But I think as like a lover of any franchise, uh, probably this news like could spark. A lot of conflicting feelings. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are like stoked that Joss Whedon is attached. I think a lot of people are bummed that yeah. Joss Whedon is attached. I think there would be bummed people either way. Oh, yeah. That, that uh, tide would have gone the same way regardless of the choice made there. I'm interested to see like what his actual involvement is. I mean, I right. think like between him and like the Kazooies, they sort of like have the umbrella over the property, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like... Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in this this showrunner. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. That's going to be making it, and and there's something weird. There's something that feels weird. Like be, obviously, be, I think you you all touched on this. Like the name is in the the property. Right. Buffy is in the name of the uh, intellectual property. So you, I guess, can't make a reboot that's going to be instantly identifiable as part of the property unless without, you call it right. So like. Is this going to be uh, a Buffy, the Vampire Slayer? No, no. I mean, we learned that it's not. I mean, well, you do mean that the the this new Slayer will be named Buffy. That's what I'm saying. I see. Right. That would that's be like, weird. That's curious. Um, I'm just like really interested to see what happens. If you're following Monica Osuwu Breen, uh, who is the showrunner, you probably saw her statement that came out after Joanna and I taped, which sort of put some of the initial fears to rest and also really showcased her as a massive fan of Buffy. Right. Which, you know, again, you know, I'm with you. I'm I'm not ready to like toss it. I'm definitely aware of the fact that it's never going to be what the original was. But I do think that there's some power in saying, I know it's not gonna be what the original was. Maybe shit will be done right. Maybe. Are the odds high? Probably not. <laughs> but like, 
let's let's all wait. Let's all see and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I am interested. I am hopeful. Uh, there's no way to know until it exists. Like, what exactly they have in store for us. Right. Well, I just wanted everyone here to get to hear your little voice on it as well. And us you together. just call my voice Lil? Lil voice. Your Lil voice. Well, you are a woman, so. Oh, my God. Uh, the patriarchy. Uh, thunderclap. <laughs> evil laugh. Organ music. <laughs> so, obviously, Jenny and I will continue to follow what's happening as that uh, unfolds and see uh, where it'll take us and, and this whole journey, too. It's just a, a mystery on every level. Meanwhile, a few pieces of news before we get into today's episode. First, just a reminder that we have added a new level on Patreon. It's a $25 level, and it is a level that comes with exclusive merchandise. I tell you this because I think it's fun, but also because you only have until the end of August to become a $25 patron to get the first round of merch. We already know that the t-shirt is going to say, uh, Giles in the streets, Ripper in the sheets. And we are voting on a pin right now, and the pin is either going to say the council is trash or support your local alewife. So if you pledge in August, you will receive that merch uh, exclusively at the end of September. And then if you miss August, don't worry, you can still pledge, and there'll be another round of exclusive merch and voting happening in a few months as well. So... That's what I have to say about Patreon. What do you have to say, Jenny? I have to say that have you ever listened to Angel on Top? I have. Our sister podcast, hosted by the incredible Brittany Ashley and the glorious Laura Zach. They are two friends of ours, two friends of each other, two brilliant minds housed in two perfect human bodies. <laughs> uh, they are doing such a great job. I feel like every episode, I'm like even more excited. Yeah, same. They're just delighting the crap out of me. Thank you for making a great podcast Ooh. that goes along with our podcast. Ooh. Sense and Sensitivity. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sense and Sensitivity was last week's episode. And first of all, it's a great episode of Angel. Second of all, something happens yes. in the podcast yes. that you have to hear. I want you to know that it delighted me. So Brittany Ashley reads a list of the... Every role that two of the actors in this episode have played. Yes. And uh, it's just a bunch of really ridiculous Italian stereotypical names that are so funny. And they delighted me so much, Jenny, that uh, Brittany actually sent me a private voice memo of another actor's what? Italian names. So I, I'm pushing for this to be its own podcast. Just yeah, an yeah, episode yeah. a week of Brittany reading the Italian names that Italian it's actors like play. Literally every character is, is either Sal... Vinny Tony. or Tony, mm -hmm. and the, all their last names are like al dente, <laughs> spaghetti, yeah. carbonara. It's so ludicrous. <laughs> it's really, really ridiculous. So anyway, right. Angel on top, besides the Italian names uh, in lists, is really fun. and It's so great. And they've got the bachelor party coming up next week, which is also ugh, a great episode. Yeah. It's going to be so wonderful. Uh, I wanted to give a special shout to Lauren Klein, who is uh, our audio engineer over here in the land of buffering and who helped me with the Riley jingle and also made the Veruca jingle all, all on, her, on her own. All on her own. Took, of course, inspiration from Joanna Robinson's yeah, yeah. lyric uh, lyric choice. But um, Lauren Klein, thank you. Thank you for making us sound good and also for uh, pitching in with some jingles this season. Bless Lauren Klein. Bless Lauren Klein. Or if you're on a personal level with her, you can always call her Karen from work. Yes, yes. She also goes by Karen. Uh, agree. And last but not least, of course, just a reminder that we've got new crop tops in the store. Summer is real hot. 
no matter where you are, it seems, summer is melting us all. So hop on over there, check out the new tanks, uh, grab yourself a diner mug. You can put some iced coffee in it until it Woo! cools down, uh, et cetera. You can find out, of course, so much about us at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You can find our store there. Also, just a quick reminder that if you go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com forward slash transcribe, you will be able to work with the community to help us transcribe our episodes. We have almost all of seasons one and two transcribed, really need help on seasons three and now uh, four as well. It makes our episodes accessible uh, to those who are hard of hearing or deaf. It's really, really important and powerful. So if you could help us out, it would be super rad. All the instructions are over there um, on that link that I told you about. I think that's all I got. All right, let's get underground. Let's go to a secret military base. Let's get scanned in our eyeballs. Let's take that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it. to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, mm, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time in chronological order, one at a time. I already said that. Spoiler free. I'm just too excited. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> I'm Kristen Russo. Coming here to tell you that I don't think Jenny can ever go more than one episode without <laughs> us because yeah. if there was a gap of two or more, I might I explode. You might explode. Uh, I am Kristen Russo. This week we are talking about season four, episode seven, chugging right along in season four here, The Initiative. Hmm. I wonder if that has any significance. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. The Initiative was written by Doug Petrie and directed by James A. Contner, and it originally aired on November 16th, 1999, just six days before I turned 18. <laughs> Sorry I keep doing countdown to 18. This will be the last one. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be able to buy porn and smoke cigarettes by the time we do the next hot, episode. Hot, 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 This is the one where Spike finds himself targeted by a group of commandos after he escapes from a military lab underneath the Sunnydale camp. Of course there's a military lab underneath the Sunnydale campus. Of course there is. Okay, so can we talk about the previously on? It's like... Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, hi, I'm Parker. Hi, I'm Riley. Hi, I'm Professor Walsh. Hi, I'm Spike, and I'm getting tased. I like. I think it's funny that you included Walsh because my previously on notes were the the men, the supercut. It's like literally <laughs> all the men: Parker, Spike, and Riley. Everybody wants something from Buffy, but then you added Walsh. So well, I mean that that's going to come into play obviously in a big way in this episode, and also it's just like literally that's all that happens in the previously right. on. It's like just in case you forgot about Parker, just in case you forgot Riley's a TA. Yeah. Holy cow! Here's <laughs> Professor Walsh. She teaches psych. So after the previously on, we roll into women, young, nubile. Each one a mystery waiting to be unlocked with a close-up on breasts. And I don't know if you know this, Jenny, but Joanna and I forgot to play a jingle last week. We were so sad. I noticed. That we forgot. I heard um, about it. So I would like to um, say to, to these breasts and to the commentary uh, bestoweth upon them by Forrest, <laughs> here is your patriarchy jingle, everyone. 
So yes, the patriarchy, but also oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I love this scene. Here's why. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking an upset. What? <laughs> Are you why? No, 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 no. I. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, insulting and ludicrous that Forrest is like nubile, etc. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But it rolls right into like who's that girl and talking about how. No, I don't want. I okay. I'm not I, into, just for the listener. I I rolled my eyes so hard at Jenny that my neck snapped backwards, uh, and that's, that's I'm why sorry, she pivoted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We might disagree a lot in this episode. Great. What I really love about this scene is Forrest going on and on about how. Oh God, he says mattressable even, which is so gross. Yeah. Um, but he's just like talking about how hot she is while she's like doing like the most not hot stuff. She's like overfilling her soda at the soda fountain, and then. <laughs> And then she is like totally just like having a real heck of a time with the Froyo machine. Uh, she way overfills the thing and then she like breaks the handle off and yeah, it's a huge she, mess. Well, she doesn't overfill the thing. She just, her slayer strength, uh, she forgets for a moment right. and just yanks the handle right. off. Right, 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 right. Which right. is what overfills the thing. This is this is the Bella Swan version of oh Buffy. Oh, she's so clumsy. <laughs> she's so... She's just so clumsy. She's so clumsy. I do not like this scene. I do not like the, like, I mean, like Buffy, this is kind of like, an exaggeration of the character of Buffy that we've already been given, right? That she's right. like obviously slaying demons. She's the chosen one, but she's like just a normal girl. Stop. Slayers. They're just like us. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I really, I really like it for that. And I also, I know we're going to disagree about this. I like it for Forrest going hard about like, how about that girl? How about that hot girl? How about that hot girl? And Riley just being like, I hadn't noticed. I hadn't thought about it. Hmm. Okay. But he had noticed. Well, he had noticed that she's, peculiar oh my god this episode's gonna be a rough one she's so clumsy it's so peculiar he's just okay well i'll get to riley and my fucking issues with him in a little bit Um, my my main issues are uh with forest in this scene which which was a which was a shocker to me because to be honest with you i've you know i've only seen this season once i've only seen all the seasons once um apart from now seasons two and three, which I've seen 401 <laughs> billion times. But um, I remember really loving, like I remember liking Forrest. And so as, this is like really our first introduction to him. Like he, we may have seen him before, but I don't think that he's like had as much of a speaking role. If, yeah, if we we're have. just meeting Forrest and Graham for the first right, time. Right, and Graham. I, I literally forget Graham's name all the time. It's like <laughs> if, if Riley is cardboard, then Graham is cardboard soaked in a little water. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, I was just really bummed because I, I didn't remember that Forrest was just kind of a shithead right out of the gates. I mean, he's pretty shitty to women. Mm. Yeah, okay, Jenny's mm. not, not so. <laughs> could be shittier, she says with her eyes. <laughs> he definitely could be shittier, but also this is not great. No, it's This is bad. not the behavior we're looking for. No, it's not, uh, as, as noted by our earlier jingle play. So, speaking of men. Speaking of men, one of my favorites shows up. I uh, like my men like I like my coffee, unconscious on the floor of a sterile environment. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spike's locked up. Yo, are those new boots? Did you notice his boots? They're oh, so good. They're high, like, combat-y type, like, black leather boots, but then they have, like, these, like, straps on the sides Ooh. that are, like, flapping all around. They all look right. like... They look like a like a fireman, executioner, vampire 
boot. Of course, your standard. Uh, excuse <laughs> you know, me, um, uh, the shoe store. Excuse me. Do you have any loose vampire execution combat yeah, yeah, yeah. boots? Well, it's like you know the um, you you know the van the village people, right? There's sure, sure. there's the the fireman, <laughs> the vampire, the executioner, <laughs> and the military yeah. character, and the executioner's wife. Yeah. <laughs> So actually what I noticed about Spike, uh, although it was pointed out to me that he's been wearing this kind of the whole time, was just his that his outfit was the same as the outfit worn by the two Spikes at our prom that danced together. Yes. Which is kind yes. of his like uniform. I don't know. I think it was like contrasted against the white, just really made that red pop. When he, I feel like when he appeared earlier in the season with his like first thing with Harmony, he was wearing just like a black, black t-shirt, t-shirt. Yeah, tucked yeah, into yeah. black jeans all the time. But last season, he wore a lot of the red shirt. Mm. Season three. Gotcha. Anyhow, um, Spike's looking great despite his um, pa- pallor. Is, is that a thing? Yeah, he is. His, he's he pretty... Is pasty he's AF. Pretty pasty. Even pastier than he normally is. Because uh, he's just so hungry and so full of electrocution. Mm. He's just yeah. been electrocuted Ugh, eight Electrocuted door. Uh, we see uh, people walking by in lab coats, and we see there are many, many cells containing a variety of demons. What is this place? And, well, you know what this is. It's underneath the cabin in the woods, I think. Oh, this yeah. Is, totally. They're just waiting to see what they touch in the basement yes. to see which thing to send in. You know, in. that's impressive, Jenny. I had to look up what the plot of Cabin in the Woods was. Oh, to really? Remember? Yeah, I like can't remember details. It's and that's... burned into my brain and soul. Wow. Ugh, remember when like before Chris Hemsworth was Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Talk about hunk. Yeah, he is a hunk. That's true. But you know, we've um we've talked about Spike, Spike's t-shirt, Spike being in the episode, and we've talked about Spike a couple of other times in this season. We've missed a major opportunity. Hit it! Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. I'll tell you what else about Spike. Since uh, what happens right after this scene is the credits, uh-huh, uh-huh. is that somebody's gone and somebody else is in. Yeah. Goodbye, Oz. Hello, Spike in the credits. Yeah. What's up? Spike is no longer a special guest star. No. I wonder. I wonder if that means we'll get more of the Spike. I think that's jingle. exactly. Oh. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> say, I wonder if that means we're going to get more of Spike. Like, Kristen, I don't think it's a question so much as a exclamation. Uh, um, yes. So that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander and Giles are so without purpose. They are together. Like- what a great. I love when Xander and Giles get paired together because uh, Xander is like such a doof and Giles is like, so intolerant. I believe a doof is actually what the exact word that Buffy uses for Riley later. True, yes. Um, so, and, and I have some Xander-Riley uh, comparisons to, to, oh, to pull out. Oh, that doesn't sound flattering. specific, just in general. But anyway, doof, okay, okay. doofishness aside. They're just like desperately trying to figure out how they can uh, be useful. Oh my God. I really like, there's a lot of like comedy points in this episode, but this is a good one for me. I enjoy useless Giles and useless (laughs) Xander, like like an old married couple, just like irritating the shit out of each other. Also, Giles is so good at drawing. Who knew? Did you know? Yeah. Mm. It's like, who was drawing those charcoal sketches of Buffy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Giles using that charcoal real nicely. Jeez. (laughs) So yeah, and then Buffy comes in and she's like, fuck everything. I'm going to a party. Willow's having a hard time. Ergo party. Ergo, exactly. Uh, She also says, Yeah. If you'll excuse me, I need to find something slutty to wear tonight. Yeah, how did that make you feel, Jenny? Well, I was like, I don't remember this outfit being slutty. And then I was like, what even? 
are the uh, <laughs> qualifiers that make an outfit slutty. And uh-huh. then I was like, stop thinking the word slutty. <laughs> and then I was like, is it slut shamier to to acknowledge someone's sluttiness? Well, it's acknowledging her own sluttiness. Oh, wait, wait, right, right, right. Sure, 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 sure. But I'm just saying, like, for us, for right. us as humans, okay. is it like um, uh, talking about slut is talking about sluttiness slut shamey? Right. See, because because my, my initial instinct was I was kind of like into this line. I mean, I think it depends on how you use the word. And I'm not a fan of the word, but I am a fan of like reclaim it, like using yeah. the word. She's not. Like, she's not like self-deprecating. She's just like I'm gonna find someone slutty. Right yeah, now. exactly. She's like, and and I think it's a real departure from uh, like seasons one and two Buffy, where Xander was always kind of calling her a slut, like, you right, know, right, and right, like right. as a dig and she didn't yeah. yet, I don't think she yet had the words or the confidence to be like, hey man, I am a fucking slut. Like, yeah, you know now I mean? she's like, come get it. She's or like, yeah. come near me and be rejected or something. <laughs> Some version of that. But I was, yeah, I was kind of into this because it felt like, you know, again, I know people have feelings on the word, but I just felt like Buffy was owning it. And I think that that's maybe the answer to your question, Jenny, that I think like, I think that as a woman, perhaps we can use the word for ourselves, I don't think it's ever very powerful to use it for another person, even if you mean it to be empowering. Right, right, right. Once it leaves your lips toward another human, I think the meaning can change drastically. Again, neither of us are the definers of how to use the word or not use the word slut. So great talk. That was excellent. So the blood is poisoned. <laughs> the blood <laughs> is poisoned. Oh yeah, this is, I don't know if you remember this vampire from Sunday's crew. <gasps> yes. I, I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, this guy's so dramatic. Yeah, he he's <gasps> the one who got away, right? And wow, then we saw Jenny. him get tased by the initiative. Holy shit! No, I didn't remember. I just was like, who's this drama queen in here? Like, he's just so dramatic. He's like, I'm call me a rat. I'm a oh, rat. Yeah, yeah. He, he needs is. to. He needs to chill out. But uh, but I do like that we get like two great things, two hilarious things from Spike. The yes. um. So who who's behind this? <laughs> the government, the Nazis, a major cosmetics company. Right. Like, fair. Yeah, fair. Like very that's fair. Exactly what the I thought. Three big evils. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then followed up by like, oh, the Slayer. Mm, the Slayer's involved. Always wondered what would happen when that bitch got some funding. <laughs> right. First right. of all, how dare you, sir? Well, but, but second of all, excellent question. Uh, or, excellent like, writing. To wonder. Okay. Yeah, excellent, excellent writing for Spike in those two lines. And I also love his response to finding out it's the Slayer, like the arch nemesis. He's just moment. like, ah, of course it's the Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Slayer again. Me, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, Buffy the mastermind. Meanwhile, Buffy is getting slayed by a ballpoint pen. Oh my god, <laughs> she's so bad she's at ballpoint pens. Klutz. She's just so clumsy. She's so clumsy. She's a slayer and she's a chosen one, but she like just doesn't know how to use a pen. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> uh, um, right. So Buffy gets ink all over herself and her notes, and we learn Oz's real name. Yeah, this is the first and only time it's ever mentioned. Daniel uh, Osborne. Daniel Osborne. Um, and this is an unfortunate. Here's the thing. Okay. Sorry, is it okay? Sorry, I feel like I have a lot pent up because I I wasn't here last episode. (laughs) Please. Okay, this sucks. And Professor Walsh is like a total jerk for... Okay, fine. But it's just like... It's hard for me to like really get into the scene because there's this wouldn't happen. This is like so stupid. Like Willow's not saying anything substantial. She's just saying to the TA like, oh, he's gone, but he'll be back. And like, it's not like... 
like he's had one absence. Like Professor Walsh is like right. goes on this whole tear about like if he can't abide by my schedule, it's best he not come back. Like it's one class. Like you're flipping. Like everybody's flipping out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's just so that uh, Buffy could like really give Walsh a talking to in front of Riley, and then Walsh could be like. I like her. Which I, <laughs> I do like that moment. That's so great. That's it's the best, really good. Best but, thing Professor Walsh does all episode. Yeah, and I guess you're right. I didn't really, I was too wrapped up in the I hate when people are shitty to heartbroken people moment to like even see Ugh. past that. It's just like so shitty. Like I know Walsh is supposed to be like the evil bitch monster from hell or whatever the fuck, but like. Oh my God. Wait, yes, dude. The the previously on edit is just like, I'm Professor Walsh, the, <laughs> the evil bitch monster from- of death. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just setting you up so you remember. Yeah. But I just feel like, like, yeah, it's very uncalled for. Uh, yeah. It's very ridiculous. over the top. So ridiculous. So. And then, of course, as soon as Walsh is like, I like her, Riley's like, <sighs> you don't think she's a little peculiar? Peculiar, the buzzword of this episode. God <laughs> damn it. So then we get more Giles and Xander. <laughs> what is their romance name? Xander um, or, or Ziles? Ooh. <laughs> I think Jander. Jander? Yeah, yeah, Jander's got a certain ring to it. So, yeah, we, we go to Jander in Xander's basement, um, which is just really amazing in so many ways. First of all, first of all, let's, like, take a brief sexy alert moment when fucking Giles takes the gun away from Xander mm. and just, un, like, fucking snaps it open and reloads it, doesn't even look at it. Yes, daddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> well, now I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the point where, Jenny, you get you. You're so inspired that you give us the Giles jingle that we have been waiting for. It's I promise you it's imminent. OK, great. Um, I feel. Can you I, just do a, a, like a remix of me calling Giles daddy? Yes, because- <laughs> daddy. Jesus. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's pretty sexy. And then the other moment I love in this scene is when. Xander's mom, which is really out of character, by the way. Xander's mom has been ordering oh, Chinese yeah. food and not paying attention to him for years. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Has made fruit punch for a nice fruit punch. Yes, for you and your friend. And then Giles calls up the stairs and asks if it's raspberry. Have you ever had raspberry fruit That's punch? That's what I'm saying. Fruit punch is, by definition, a multi-fruit a m- a adventure. Mix of fruit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's like if it's orange fruit punch, it's orange juice. You know what I mean? Like, True. Right. Is that a raspberry fruit punch? Well, if it's orange fruit punch, I think it's like tang or something. Oh, actually, that's, you know? that's true. Yeah. Also, Xander, I don't know if you noticed Xander's like fashion forward asymmetrical stitch sweater. I did not. It's. Kate isn't here today, so. It's really uncharacter- an uncharacteristic wear for Xander. Mm-hmm. It looks like something that a gentleman in his early 20s who enjoys making love with other gentlemen <laughs> might have purchased from like FC UK when I was in college. Making love with other gentlemen. Is that not, <laughs> is that not the right way to say it? It's beautiful. It's very nice. It's like, it's just like it, it very, it calls up a very specific like set of stores and a very specific moment in time and a very specific set of my friends. Got you. For right. me. Okay. Oh, well, I don't remember it, but I'll have to go back and look and see if it inspires me to think about yeah. gentlemen who make love to other gentlemen. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So in my opinion, the worst thing that Riley does in this episode is throw a Frisbee indoors. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is his biggest offense to me. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty not okay. It's offensive. Uh, okay, so, so this, is where, this is where you get real excited about Riley and I have feelings about Riley. Right. Okay, so let's talk about it. So first of all, 
fucking Parker, right? Like this is so offensive. Remember beer bad? I I mean, yeah, the two twigs to the head didn't really teach him anything. One knocked it out of him and one knocked it back in. Yeah, seriously. That's like the character from Christmas Vacation. What's her name? The cousin? I can't remember it's her like name. like Mary Sue, Sally Sue. Something, something like Sue. that. Yeah. She Where had the, crossed eyes and then she they got uncrossed. Yeah, like a donkey kicked her and they uncrossed. And she good. fell down a well. <laughs> yeah. Buddy. Anyway, um, sorry that I can't remember her name. That's very unfan-like of me. And I'm a huge fan of Christmas Vacation. <laughs> but um, Parker, up until this point, has been has believed himself or or at least has presented himself as someone who believes he's a good guy. Right. And now... It is thrown like it just it, when you thought he had a character that couldn't even be assassinated. <laughs> I mean, it's just like all like all it took was for somebody to be like, "Yo, how is that girl in bed?" For him to be like, "I am the snake you always thought I yeah, was." Yeah, exactly. And he just like comes out of his fucking oh. skin and yeah, his- he comes up out of the hole in the basement underneath the frat house and, and is like, "Precisely, sacrifice women to me." <laughs> Literally, and he's like. First of all, he has this whole thing where he's like, the word is stamina, which gross. is which really of also true, though. Right. Probably, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, really gross, but also good point. Get I those didn't... words out of your mouth, I... sir. <laughs> yeah. And then he takes it to this, like, insane level. Dude, Where he's so... like, Dude, you know, the difference between a freshman girl and a toilet seat is, is the toilet seat doesn't follow you around after you use it. Like, first of all, Parker, dude, like, this guy was, like, reading, like, at least intelligent books. Like, I don't know what is, like, they really go a little hard on. Dude, seriously, with, like, whiny, clingy, we got physical. I mean. Fully physical. Which is what I say when I sleep with anyone. Totally. Fully physical. So what'd you guys do? Well, we made out and then we got fully physical. (laughs) We got half physical and then we got fully. We kicked kicked it up to fully physical. (laughs) I don't know why, but when you said half physical, I pictured two centaurs making out. Dude, yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So anyway, this is the comment that gets a punch from Riley. Now I'm here for the, I'm here for the punch. I, I we all want to see everybody Parker get wants to see. Face. Bar- I mean Parker's knockout count is rivaling Giles at this yeah, point yeah, he's in up the there. show. Uh, but I don't know. Do you want to say what you want to say about Riley and how you like him? I because my I'm going I'm going. You're gonna. I go was gonna hard. say I'm going down on Riley, Kristen. But I meant. Um, I feel like him. you wouldn't stay on the other side of that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, your argument's gonna just crumble. That's true. Um. Okay. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say, but I guess I have to go first. Mm-hmm. Please go forth. I'm scared of what I, how my words will sound after I've, I can't okay. take them back. Okay, Here, here's how I feel. I was like, all right, I'm glad that Riley punched Parker. Great. And then we go, we change scenes, and and Riley is like, I can't believe I did that. I don't even blah 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 blah. Like right. And Forrest, being you know a, a jerk in this episode, but also really on point, kind of like Veruca last episode, where it's like, well, she does have a point. You know, mm. it's like we get these lines from these characters. And Forrest is like, dude, I say shit that's like so much worse than that all the time. You don't punch me out. So like, what's the deal? So like, there's your first flag, right? Why is Riley friends with these fucking guys? Like, well, I think we know why he's friends well, with that's them. True. They but work he's, together. But he's like really friends with them. He's not just working. They work with them. together. They live together. Listen, you weren't well, friends with people who were offensive in college in, in the nineties, especially. Please. I definitely was. But I'm just saying. So, so we learn that Riley is like totally tolerant of this kind of language, unless, uh, as he suddenly realizes, he wants 
to have sex with Buffy. He has feelings for Buffy. And so because he wants Buffy for himself, then it's like my toy and you may not. So I will punch you for insulting my toy. And I'm not fucking here for it before you even say your counter argument. If you have one, I would like to play the jingle that I worked on with our audio engineer, Lauren Klein. And I sung myself. Thank you very much. Goodbye, Riley. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is my impression. I mean, we're still getting to know Riley and we just met Forrest, okay. right? I want everyone to know that Jenny is sitting as though she's in a courtroom with her hands folded in front of her, ready to present her arguments. <laughs> this is what I think. I think earlier in the episode, we see Forrest being a pig and we see Riley ignoring him. Okay. More or less, mm-hmm. just letting it roll off his back and just being like, this isn't even worth engaging with. I'm I am I'm focused on the task at hand. I have responsibilities. I am a good boy from Iowa. Sit, stay, fetch. Okay. <laughs> to me, mm-hmm. my interpretation of the situation, I'm not saying like, oh great, I wish Forrest would say more terrible things. No. And I'm also not saying like, wow, I love when men say terrible things and then other men don't do anything about it. Right. Don't love that. But to me, it feels like Riley is like a very you know, Buffy is a Capricorn, right? Sure, She's yeah. very mission-oriented. Mm-hmm. Riley, like, kind of feels similar to me in that he's like, okay, yeah, I have a limited amount of energy and I have a lot of responsibilities. We learn exactly how many responsibilities in this episode. And I'm going to, like, use my energy uh, the best way I see fit. Now, do I wish that Riley was a feminist? <laughs> of course. But I think Riley is coming. I mean, you have to meet people where they're at, right? Yeah, you're talking about us meeting Riley where Riley is We're meeting is at. Riley where he's okay, at. Okay, okay. In a cornfield, half naked. He just encountered the strongest, uh, physically strongest, and also like probably mentally and emotionally strongest woman he may have ever encountered. Well, besides Professor Walsh, maybe. Right, sure. Right? He's got Professor Walsh, and now he's starting to get to know Buffy. He has these two. I'm interested to see how his relationships with those two women impact him as we okay. move forward. All right. right. I also think my interpretation of him punching Parker was not like me, caveman, want fuck Buffy. Nobody else can talk about Buffy. To me, it feels like he is a he like really like takes very seriously like his manners and like uh, being a gentleman and stuff. And Mm. let me just let me just finish before um, you. okay? mm -hmm. And to me, it feels like he this whole episode, we see him like not understanding that he has feelings for Buffy, not even like con- being consciously aware right. that he um, has noticed her or cares about her or is interested in her. Mm-hmm. And to me, this reads like a an unconscious, like even his unconscious is trying to be like, dude, right. you're into this girl. Right. Like you did something that's that's pretty out of character for you because you felt like somebody was being really, really shitty to somebody that you are like interested in and like starting to care about. Mm hmm. I hear you. I hear you. But 
I, also, like, if somebody was, like, oh, talking... Oh, my God. If somebody was talking shit about me, I would hope that Riley would punch them in the face. Sure, we all want Riley to punch people in the face for us. Okay. I'm with you there. Interesting. I, I mean, come on. But okay. I, I... And I see what you're saying. I understand meeting people where they are. I understand that perhaps he is nicely mannered. I do think, look at though... Th- you said you have Riley and Xander comparisons. Look how far Xander has come. It, totally, but look seasons. how much we called Xander out for his bullshit. Well, well, Riley's not calling Buffy a slut or like being shitty to her because she won't go out with him. Okay, f- a fair point. But I do think that Riley suffers from the same kind of character arc that Xander suffers from, which is like, but he's a nice guy. I mean, this scene where he's like talking about like, you know, I don't know why I did that. And like, I always let my other friends talk shit on women. It's like the the, the score <laughs> of the thing is like the end of a Full House episode. It's like strings, like swelling. Cause it, cause we are- Oh my God, the acoustic guitar. They want us, the, the creators of the show want us to feel exactly what you're saying. They want us to sympathize with Riley. And, and like, I'm here for it a little bit, but I'm not here to just let it slide by. I'm not here to just let it go because Riley could be a much better dude. A much better dude, and he's not. He 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 is a better dude than Parker, of course, of course. Most twenty-year-old men that I encounter. Don't. What are you <laughs> right now? I'm shutting you down. I'm playing the jingle again to shut you up. The Look, maybe most twenty-year-old yeah, yeah. men. You're gonna maybe get. Kicked. You're gonna get. Uh, what do you call it? When fired, you get benched, when, when, penalty box. <laughs> yes, the Riley penalty box. Yeah, the Riley apologist penalty box. Uh-huh. So I think maybe I'm coming at this like a little stronger than I would for another character because of how strong the Riley hatred uh, is in in the fandom, and because compared to the behavior of other men in the series, I feel like. There's a disproportionate amount of, of yes. hatred aimed at Riley. And we can get into that as the sure. series progresses, of course. But, like, I think I'm coming coming at it from, like, that perspective. Like, don't worry. I'm here to always keep you in check. Mm, thank you. Always keep you in check. Joanna and I discussed last episode that the only good man we think that's on the series consistently uh, good man who never, who never does anything wrong is Clem. <laughs> Clem. Wait, I'm trying to think about what Giles does. Yeah. <laughs> well... Ruminate on all those things. Thank you. Clem. And, uh, okay, so Spike also has to go see a girl, right? Hot jailbreak. I love the, yeah, I love the Riley Spike back to back. I got to go see about a girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's fun. And yeah, it's a pretty hot jailbreak. There's a dive that Spike does that I made a note of that I I said, nice dive, Spike. Yeah, he's got like a couple hot dives. He does a great job with this. And like, I was talking to Joanna Robinson about uh, what I thought was a discrepancy here, uh, which is that Spike hurts these men before he leaves. Right? Right. Yeah. But Joanna was like, I, Joanna's theory was like, like a slow release. It was like a, the, like the chip was like slowly taking effect. Right. And then it, gets, it gets like worse and worse, like as he's leaving and whatever. And then, right. and then he became, he, he becomes unable to hurt any, like to even hit anyone. Right. Um, so it's like either look at it as a goof or look at it as Joanna does, which I like. As like yeah, a I like that theory. Fucking Mucinex 12 hour. Wow. <laughs> wow. Slow release pill. But yeah, Spike. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Escapes. And, um... In the, mean, in the meantime, Riley swings over to talk to Willow in her dorm room. Gee, I hope I'm not interrupting anything really depressing. He's got a point. I mean, he doesn't really know her well enough to make that joke, but we know her well enough to enjoy that joke. No, uh, no I didn't enjoy this joke. I'm going to throw you out a window. Dude, I feel like the tone of this episode is like... Right. And with everything that Willow says over the course of this episode, like we're already in, we're already back in Whedon land. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, traumatic and the terribly sad, like is being brought some levity with humor. Totally. Totally. I just like, I don't know, like Willow's sitting in her room. She's listening to sad music, which is what you do when you're heartbroken. And Riley walks in, he clocks it. He clocks it enough to call it out. But then it's just like boy joke joke isn't this depressing and hey i want to ask out your friend and like i know he's all like twitter pated or whatever but Twi- i'm sorry what is he twitter pated what from bambi you don't remember twitter pated no twitter pated is is what um they all get in the springtime when they when they want to mate but like we were children so it was like oh my god are you serious <laughs> yeah. what yeah the the skunk i don't remember the skunk's name but the skunk and bambi or whatever Flowers, and the, the fla- oh flower um they yeah they get twitter pated that's the word that they oh, use oh my disney what the fuck <laughs> You can talk about romance with children. They get it. They don't need to know. The- Being Twitter-pated is, does not sound romantic to me. Well, they, but they make Sounds like a whole other thing. You can rewatch Bambi on your own time. Okay, okay, okay. But um, I understand. It, what I mean to say is I understand that Riley is, like, distracted because he's just realized that he has feelings for Buffy or whatever. But I do wish that he had taken a little bit more sensitivity into the room, especially since just a few days ago he was telling Willow not to walk into traffic, which wasn't necessary, but in his mind was. So, like, just... <laughs> A little sensitivity. That he, wasn't great. But he gets there. Later, he, yeah. He does. Later we he, see a softer side of Riley. A softer very side sweet. of Riley. Um, but this, this is a good, apart from that, like, me feeling like, come on, man. I do really like this scene. It's it's very, it's a very fun scene. Oh, my God. It's so fun. <laughs> Fucking with Willow's, like, description of, like, the whole arc. Let's, uh, let's play, let's play Willow's monologue. Okay. Say that I help. You start a conversation, it goes great. You like Buffy, she likes you. You spend time together, feelings grow deeper. And one day, without even realizing it, you find you're in love. Time stops, and it feels like the whole world's made for you two, and you two alone. Until the day one of you leaves and rips the still-beating heart from the other, who's now a broken, hollow mockery of the human condition. Yep, that's the plan. (laughs) So points to Willow. It's a good. It got a good laugh out of me. Me too. Me too. And you know she does throw him a a crumb, a cheese crumb, four crumbs actually. Really, cheese, stuffed pig named Mister Gordo. (laughs) She loves the ice capades, not ironically, and she'll also be at a party tonight that happens to be 
at Riley's house. Wait, it's at Riley's house? Yeah. He's like, that's my house. I live there. Oh, my God. I missed that entirely and was wondering why the elevator to the initiative was in (laughs) in this random party house. Mm -hmm. So that really clears up some stuff for me. Also, also, Riley is like, has she ever mentioned me? And Willow's like, no. (laughs) Willow has a really good episode this episode. Yeah, she's crushing it. She's also like, I'm not your accomplice. Yeah, and then fully acts as his accomplice. Uh, But before we get there, let's get to my favorite lady. The greatest thing I've ever seen is Harmony putting up a unicorn poster. Oh my God. I like almost jumped. I was watching this episode in bed. I almost jumped up out of my bed because I forgot that Harmony was even in the episode. And oh my God, is she in this episode? I love, I love Harmony. It's, I think that, I think that I'm transferring some of my Cordelia feelings to Harmony. Like I'm not comparing them even as characters, though of course Harmony is a Cordette. Uh, But I I think that some of my missing of Cordelia is like really elevating my love for Harmony. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Also, I'm just having a realization. Think about this. Mm. Spike becomes a vampire and then he's like, I'm gonna wear black leather and engineer boots and like a red, blood red shirt and da da da. Uh-huh. And Angel becomes a vampire and he's like, I'm gonna wear leather pants and velvet shirts. <laughs> Harmony becomes a vampire and she's like, I love pink and unicorns. <laughs> like none she of does, them. Though, she does rock a, like a red leather pant. Sh- yeah, but later. she has like a much, like they all dress differently and present differently than when right. they were human. Right. Like, Harmony was not into unicorns as, like, a high school student. Was she not? I really don't think so. She was, like, very, uh, you know, contempo casual. That's true. Well, I mean, remember when Angel tells Willow that, like, becoming a vampire does actually bring out some of your, like, some of you, the real you, that maybe you just didn't know yet. So, like, maybe Harmony's deepest, darkest pieces were loving pop music and unicorns. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and loving to braid her hair. yeah. So she takes Spike back. Oh my gosh, well, wouldn't you take him back if he called you Mon Petit Creme Brulee? I would. If he said, Big Daddy's home, (laughs) I would say, okay. There's so much daddy in this episode. Well, I think I Implied and overtly. Yeah, (laughs) I think I was the one who brought daddy in earlier. But Spike brings us daddy. Uh, He's like, it's just going to be you and me now. All I have to do is kill the Slayer uh, person. Harmony's like... Let's leave her alone. She's just going to slap you around and I can do that. Yeah, which is hell, yeah. Pretty hot, Harm. Pretty hot. Harmony's great. Great. Who's with- the daddy and who's the daddy? <laughs> if you know what Jenny means. So yeah, so they get together, but of course we learn in just a short minute that that doesn't last very long. <laughs> Before we get there, we get um, what I am going to absolutely turn into a gif, Jenny, which is uh, Xander and Giles in the woods. Xander, mama, 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 and Giles saying, oh, shut up. <laughs> Which is like, you know, a moment I think many of us have been waiting for. Oh, yeah. I want to see that video edited for like the Charlie Brown adults talking <laughs> yeah. over Xander. <laughs> I mean, it's basically already done. <laughs> yeah. So after this, we uh, go to the party. Yo, let's talk. About, can we talk about something? Yeah. Well, I think okay. that's what a podcast is for. Sorry. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the, this whole thing yet, but I just want to make a mental note that there is a Moby song playing oh. when they enter the party. There's also a That Dog song playing just later. Wait, please wait. I, what? Please uh, wait. I, got, I just was really excited because I forgot that was a band. Okay. Okay. Um, Moby song. 
Moby song. Top of the scene. Great. So that and Willow now as, Willow has this like very specific read on exactly what every aspect of Buffy's outfit means. <laughs> Meanwhile, Buffy's like, I just picked something out slutty. Right, but it's not slutty. I mean, well, it's backless. Oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah, backless. that's right. No bra. Wow. Well, I just I, I noticed. I was like, let's see how slutty this is. Right. And I paid close attention for the whole time she's at the party. <laughs> Good to know what your hosts are paying attention to when they critically watch We're, an episode I'm of I'm a detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. So, and Willow, this is Willow. I wrote that Willow is a love operative here. I don't know where it came up with that, but it just came right out. Uh, but she's like, we're going to get the the three guys like going into the thing and they're all like secret agents, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, this scene is kind of set up. Willow might as well be like talking into her exactly. wrist. It's set up to like mirror that, but for getting Riley a date with Buffy. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is fun. Uh, I love when she's like, if you, like basically she's like, if you fuck her up, I'll fucking kill you with a shovel. And and then her line where she's like, <laughs> a vague disclaimer is nobody's friend. It's really good. Right? It's really good. And I think Riley gets so flustered by both that threat and also talking to Buffy that he just starts talking about, did you do the reading? Yeah. Which Now, you know how I feel about Riley, I think. Um, but I, I did have some room. Some sympathy. Some, some room in my heart for like Riley not knowing how to flirt. Aww, and like, I, he, he got me. Mark Lucas got me. In this scene where I was like, all right, he's kind of, this is cute. Like, he doesn't know how to dance and, like, whatever. That The trope of the dude who doesn't know how to flirt with a lady. It got <laughs> Kristen Russo this time, a human being. Hooray! So, yeah. Um, but then before we go back to the party. Yo. This is good. Xander's wandering through the woods and his hair is pushed forward. He looks like he's in, like, an old Hollywood, like, movie about Rome. Hmm, I'm kind of into it, actually. I was kind of into his shaggy hair. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. I just thought it was very, it called up something very specific for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then we get, so you think that this scene, Harmony is, has a pile of Spike's clothing. She's taking a fucking page right out of Angel's book with the fucking matches and gasoline. It's like, yeah, careful, lady, do girl. you know that that kills you? Plus, she's probably wearing so many, like, poly blends. Like, she's very That's flammable. That's true. That's true. So she... So she sees Xander. Xander's like, stay right there. And then we get, like, before we know where this scene is going to go, we get this amazing line from Harmony where she's like, I can kill you where you stand. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. So great. You're so ready for, like, the fight of the century. And And that's what we get. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do. According according to Wikipedia, uh, Mercedes McNabb, who plays Harmony, Mm -hmm. said that they're both wearing, like, knee pads and stuff. Oh, my God. But they, and I quote, did all their own stunts. (laughs) Amazing. I hope we can get Mercedes McNabb to come on the show. Because she's... Oh, God. She's just such a fucking dream. And this this scene is so special. It really... And it's, like, very nostalgic. Like, I think, for for me to watch, because, like, they... It's like Harmony and Xander went to high school together. Yeah, they were antagonistic then. They're antagonistic now. Harmony has been ragging on Xander since the dawn of time. Xander's been ragging on Harmony since the dawn of time. And here they are, just, like, brother and sister. Yeah, yeah. I could have sworn that we had seen Harmony fight in a real, like, fight way previously. Did we? I'm, I, well, we saw her. I mean, she fought Oz and Willow when she first appeared on the scene where they, like, knocked her with the mic stand. But mm, did we see her fight more than Maybe that? not. Maybe she was just biting and then got shooed away. Yeah. But so, uh, okay. I, I, believe, I buy this fight interaction. I, I think that Harmony can fight, but I think it's just like it's Xander. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, like, they're talking about the pile of stuff. And she's like, that's not my stuff. It's Spikes. Like, I'd listen to a band called <laughs> The Sex Pistols. Ew. <laughs> Yeah, 
Mercedes McNabb. Oh, she's good. She's real good. So okay. Harmony doesn't set herself on fire, thankfully. And then we go back to the party. Back to the party. That, that dog. dog. More like frat dog, am I right? Oh, my God, Jenny. Wow. Okay. Is that why you got upset when I already said it? Because you were waiting for your joke set up? Well, there's that. There's, okay, so we, we've heard Moby. We've heard that dog. And then a dingo's ate my baby oh, song where comes you're on going. and riley oh riley makes yeah. the dj change it because he sees that willow got sad and right that is really nice AJ. And i really like that aj aj <laughs> uh, i'm motioning across my throat the way that riley does <laughs> in the episode and then in this exchange <laughs> riley is like it's a tape of some bands from last year's party <laughs> so last year's party featured a performance from dingo's ate my baby that dog and moby uh, don't forget about fucking biff naked <laughs> Who also, was that? No, that's that was a party this year. Oh, okay. This was a different so. last year's party. But they, you know, you see Who Sunnydale. Who is booking these Sunnydale parties? Great, great bands. Um, but yeah, also just a note to AJ. Like, shout out, man. I don't know how you're DJing on a fucking tape. But <laughs> oh yeah, he's like. Well, do you remember when when um. Oh, like the like players, they would sense the the break, the gap. The, mm-hmm. I, actually, I didn't until you. But started also, it that goes sentence. way too fast. For yeah. that to have been the thing. I think um, he just changed the tape. Yeah, sure. Um, but I remembered this That Dog song. I loved this song. It was uh, a really good song. All That Dog songs are fucking great. I forgot all about them as a band. Um, but yeah, Riley has a good moment here. I'm, I'm here yeah, for it. Yeah, he's like, uh, Willow's like, go find Buffy. And, and he's he, like, there's no hurry if you want to talk. Totally. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, no, Riley. I love no, you. Oh, get your own jingle. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the competing Riley jingles. Also, I noticed something about this party. Okay. Literally, every extra that you see mm-hmm. is in a two-person group. And it's oh. a man or a boy and a woman or a girl talking to each other. It's all. Oh, all couples all the time? All that. Couple skate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that they're couples, but like, it just seems right. unreal. In college, were you ever like, and I will talk to a boy now or well, I will talk to a girl now and only one of them. Also, I don't know if you recognize or remember this, but in the beginning of the episode, Buffy, when she's talking about the party, is like, you know, there's girls on my hall and they and they want to go to a party. And I would like to say, have you ever seen Buffy talk to a girl on her hall? <laughs> no. So I'd like to meet these girls. She's Beth. like, do you think she just overheard other people talking about a college experience? And yeah. she was like, I should use this when Let I talk me to mimic. Giles. <laughs> yeah. So Xander comes in and Xander's like, yo, Buff, we got to talk business. And Buffy's like, of course we do. Fucking leaves the party. Riley's like, oh, another dude left with my, my girlfriend. No, that's and not what he says. He says, it's not like she blew me off. She just left what with are another you, guy. You're fucking, Jenny's going to have a goddamn Riley tattoo before the end of this. <laughs> it's just season. a Riley tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Riley's face like on your bicep. Oh my God. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> That'll be good for when we surprise you one day with Mark Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we just like, I was thinking about this earlier today when I was watching the episode. Can we just talk for a second about that email? Yeah, but you're going to have to, because only the patrons heard the mailbag episode. Right. So you're going to have to loop all of the listeners into uh, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm just going to like, if you want to hear the whole thing, it's available in our most recent mailbag episode on Patreon. Yeah. But Kristen like organizes the emails for the mailbag and she like decides which one of us is going to read which one. And I like, we got like, three quarters of the way through the episode and I got to an um, email that I was supposed to read and like with every sentence my voice like got higher and higher <laughs> I like shrieked so many times because the email was from somebody from somebody who used to hang out on the uh you didn't read it wait you read it I read it and you shrieked as I read it 
God, my memory but you're, is... But you were really into I, You were really in it. I was having such an experience that I don't even have a clear memory. I think I read it. Yeah. Well, one of us read it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was from somebody who used to spend time on the original, like, Buffy message boards in real time. And she really didn't like Riley, but she had a friend who was really into Riley. And she was, like, a member of a subgroup on the forum that was, like, ladies love Riley or something. <laughs> and... And there was like a big convention where like people from the message boards, I believe, were, were meeting up and the girls from like Ladies Love Riley were having like a lunch all together. And this girl's friend was like, you should come with me, even though you hate Riley, because it'll be fun and you'll like meet people. So they go and then like they're all having lunch, just some ladies who love Riley and one lady who doesn't love Riley and fucking Mark Blucas. Mark Blucas just walked in and was like, hello, I'm Mark Blucas. And he also had the guy who plays Graham. <laughs> With him, Kristen hates it. <laughs> cardboard and more like, cardboard. Enter a room. He just like hung. No, I just like hung out with these with these ladies lunching, and yeah. like it just sounded so sweet, and it like made me feel so warm towards Mark Lucas and the guy who plays Graham, whose name I really should look up and remember. Uh, I just you should if you if you love are, it. if you're a patron already and you have you should really listen to yeah if you've uh, just not been listening to it it's worth it I think it's for that really one email. I mean Jenny loses her entire I mind fucking and, lost it. and and really gave me a goal and perhaps out there you want to help me with this some someday when Jenny least expect it <laughs> is least expecting it I really want Mark Lucas to just walk into a fucking room I would and I want to straight video up lose my shit. I know I, I like I, I would, we all need it like we all need it so deeply one thing I want to say is that he like I don't think he like acts anymore he just like has a farm in Pennsylvania with his family have you been having phone conversations well, I looked him up on Instagram <laughs> when we were like I think talking about guests and stuff uh-huh. of people we wanted to like, reach out to and it's like oh he doesn't uh, act anymore. He just like has a beautiful, perfect family and drives a tractor on his farm in Pennsylvania. Fine. Listen, that's okay. That's all right. This doesn't mean he won't. Oh my god! To us. If you get him to drive up to me in a tractor, I think that would be <laughs> okay. Like while we're making, while all we're right. dreaming big, moving right along. <laughs> okay. uh, fucking Riley is like okay. You know, Buffy left, and then he finds Graham and Forrest, or they find him, or whatever. And then there's this scene where they're just like walking and talking, super cash. They get to the mirror their eyes are scanned everybody's like what the fuck is happening forrest fixes his eyebrows the, yes he does he Gross. licks his fingers remember and when pushes that used his, to be a thing i don't want to remember yeah. but i do uh and and so they get like re- retinal scan uh happens <laughs> yeah and then the mirror opens up to a very recognizable color palette oh uh, yeah sterile white sterile white and we're all like what the fuck what the fuck and then they get in the elevator and then riley uses his voice in in mid conversation, I love how he just leans over and is like, "One, one girl, girl, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and then and then it's like, uh, "Special Agent Finn Riley," and we're all like, "What?" And then yeah. the music swells as the elevator opens. Oh and villain, god! Villain music swells. Yeah. And fucking Walsh has this turn where she's like faced fully away from the camera and she like spins around yeah, as the yeah. villain music just you know comes up volume and it's really. It's really a reveal. Here we are. So turns out Riley's more than meets the eye. I want to say something. Mm. Yes, Jenny. So they were like, let's get a airplane hanger or whatever. (laughs) Sure. Right. Uh And then they were like, let's make it look really wild and high tech. And like, (laughs) wow, we're doing like crazy advanced science on, on all these demons or whatever. So they dig a pit. 
fill it with tinfoil. Everything is just like <laughs> tinfoil everywhere. There's like six <laughs> demons down in the pit and then there's cameras on the demons and there's people watching the TVs that have the camera feed live, but they're like only like 20 feet away from the pit. Like it just like, it reminds me a lot of the X-Files. Like every time Mulder like stumbles onto like a huge tent in the middle of a cornfield that's like full of government operatives doing autopsies that like you never can prove that were that they were on aliens or whatever like just like the blinding white and tinfoil was like the 90s aesthetic <laughs> for like then then people will know this was expensive governmental and top secret and related to monsters yeah yeah totally well we learn uh as well that spike is hostile number 17 which i like because my birthday is on the 17th of december it's a good number for me it's one of my favorite oh, yeah. numbers so i feel you know i already felt a connection to spike but now i feel extra connected to spike mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, was suggested mm -hmm. to me by one joanna robinson that perhaps we should think about having a shirt that says hostile 17. wow which could be kind of fun just that's a it great there, idea right so we'll think about it we'll think okay. about hot it. idea mm -hmm. also just noting that we learned pretty quickly Riley is in charge of uh, this uh, gaggle of yes. military operatives. Yeah. So it's kind of like we see this parallel between Professor Walsh and Giles and Buffy and Riley. Oh. Think about it. That's good, Jenny. And then, yeah. That's good, Jenny. I did yeah. it. A good job. No, I didn't think about it like that. I like that. Can I have a cookie now? Yeah, you can have a cookie. Thank you. <laughs> Please pause. It's like crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> so... We go back to Giles' house uh, and Xander has this like really kind of flashback moment. Like I mean, Xander, we haven't heard Xander really say anything about Buffy in like a jealous way at all, but he kind of falls back into that pattern for a minute with, mm -hmm. with Riley, calling him Teutonic, which I'm into. Oh yeah, wait, what is Teutonic? Uh, mean? It means like archaic. <laughs> Uh, is is what when I looked it up like to but it sounds like bulky <laughs> mm, to me. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know if Xander's using it in the way that it was intended. If I looked up the wrong definition of the wrong oh, kind of Teutonic mm. or what, but um, archaic, archaic. Yeah, I mean maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And um, I mean that checks out later when Buffy says that is so Teutonic. Right, right. But we'll get there. So Buffy wants Buffy wants to kill Spike. Obviously, uh, she's we, like, doesn't he get this is my town? Yeah, <laughs> and it's my night off. And um, and then we cut to this very brief moment with Spike where he's looking up where Buffy lives. There's a little dude papers everywhere. Yeah, but there's a little Easter egg in this scene which I missed actually, but I read about, uh, which is that the names listed in the other rooms are uh, names of like the crew and writers of the show. Oh my god, that's really really cool. Yeah. Speaking of Easter eggs, can I tell you something that you may not know? Please tell me. Okay. Have you watched the most recent season of Westworld? I did not. I tried and I failed. Okay, I know <laughs> the first episode was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I got but to the third and I still couldn't do it. It got so fucking wild and it got so much wilder i'm not gonna like say anything except that like i didn't even like when i finished watching it i did not have a full understanding of what of everything that had happened but then i once i finished the season i went back and listened to joanna robinson's westworld podcast yeah. decoding westworld mm -hmm. uh and when i got to the finale episode i was like holy fuck it like blew my fucking mind okay so first all of right. all if you watched westworld season two and you have the television comprehension level that I have, I would highly recommend listening to Decoding Westworld. But also, I learned in that episode that um, the Amazon cylinder, whose name I will not say, just in case me saying it in your home right now activates it, 
Uh, oh my God, Jenny. This is this Amazon is how, cylinder. This is how Dave Chen and Joanna did it, and I want to be respectful. Okay. I don't want to like start a robot revolution over here. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. Okay. I found out that there is a game via that a Westworld game via that cylinder, and there's an Easter egg where if you go into a particular saloon or brothel or something, and you ask the uh, lady in charge if she knows Joanna Robinson. You like get a secret thing. What? Yeah, that's right. Wait, how does this connect Sorry, with the Joanna, cylinder? If you're listening, it's like it's like a game. So this is like very limited understanding since I don't have one. And of those how cylinders, is this connected to the will. initiative? Uh, because you said Easter egg, and I got oh, really excited. Oh my God. I just thought it was so cool. Imagine if your name was an Easter egg in a game. That is very about cool. a really good, sh- uh, well, complicated show. Okay. That is. Interesting to watch. This has been your Easter egg segment from Jenny Onyan. Sorry, I just want to talk about Joanna. You got to talk to her for like an hour last episode. <laughs> Hi, Joanna. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, we are in the camp or at campus now, and yeah, Buffy is Buffy sitting, is just like do do, trying to bait Spike. Yeah. And of course, they're trying to catch Spike, and of course. Riley sees Buffy and is like, we're absolutely not using her as bait. I will not allow it. Which is very, very, stands in stark contrast to Xander's relationship to Cordelia, which was always using her as bait. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow it was like hot when Cordelia was bait. (laughs) Is that fucked up? Uh, I mean, you know, we all have our things. Uh, So, okay. Listen, not to bring up Joanna too many times in this fucking episode, but she pointed out to me that <laughs> Riley changes his clothes like 18 wait, times. Wait. Oh my God, yes. He changes. Wait, but we need to go back for one second. Yeah, please. Right? He changes please. in the bushes to go out to talk to Buffy. But before that, they come down in plain clothes mm-hmm. and they start talking to Professor Walsh. And then the next scene happens with them there and they're wearing totally different clothes. Did they all strip down and put on their military clothes oh. in front of Professor Walsh? Inappropriate. Wow. She is a professor. Just wow. mentioning. Is she a professor? Well... <laughs> So, right. So Riley is like, Buffy, what are you doing here? And she's like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing, doing here? And it's just like very... Wait, when he first walks out, she like cocks a stake at him really hard. Yeah. And then just like puts it away. Like he didn't notice that. I know. I mean, he they're is both a trained operative. So. They're both distracted though. Because they're like, both trying to not let defuse on. Defuse the situation and yes. get away from it as quickly Which as possible. Which is fun. And I get mean, the other person to safety too. Right. The spike is about. Totally. And, and, I, and I like it. I like it. But I'm really not here for how handsy Riley is with Buffy in the scene and, and Buffy is also not here for it. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's no. a lot of times when she's literally like, dude, get your fucking hands off me. I'm yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. There's yeah. a moment when she's like, uh, so you think men are like, you think men are, mm. are fine and women aren't? And he's you like, you think that boys can take care of themselves and girls need help? And he says, yes. <laughs> Riley, so, you're hurting my case over here, but also points for Team Kristen over that, here. That gives Buffy the opportunity to say that is so Teutonic. Also, I just feel like, you know, he's just getting to know Buffy and she's going to help change his perspective on that topic. And uh, also, <clears throat> I love when she's like, I'm going to kick you off this show. No! <laughs> I love when she's like, I need space. And he's like, we're outdoors. And then she's like, I need I need, to, I need some alone time. Or alone emotional time? space. No, no, oh, no. I need some space. Emotion. I need some space emotionally. I mean emotionally oh, yeah <laughs> it's like really really good <laughs> it is uh my notes are riley is just trying to help by riley because i don't fucking like it oh my god get your hands off of her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. whatever totally. we already talked about that so okay. then we hear scream and everybody and they both run away they both run away okay 
Yes. Mm, yes. There's a knock at Willow's door. Yeah, this is rough. But and also, she's like, come in. It's, it's, oh, but you love Spike, so it's fine. No, uh, listen, I have talked at length and will continue to about what is wrong with me that yeah, I love yeah, Spike yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I cannot help it. Um, so, but this is this is rough. But something to note. Like right when he comes in, he's like, "You're, de- I'm definitely gonna kill you, but I could leave you dead, or I could make you like me." Hot. We've already, we are no, right. we already love Vamp Willow, right? I know that's that's literally in my note. Ooh, a Vamp Willow offer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we'll take it. Everybody in the studio audience is voting for Vamp Willow, please. Mm. Um, then but- we see him attack her, and it just go like obviously. Okay, obviously there are parallels that like we don't even like we can talk about, but like they you know articulate themselves with like the use of force the taking of something use of of power mm-hmm. and and um taking away somebody's like autonomy but this is like more than we've seen i think in in most cases like and it's like two characters that we like are invested in and it's like it's really it's rough to see like this duration of this side of spike with the straddling and like the music is up and like it's yeah. a whole it feels really bad especially i mean it, it, it would always feel bad but like we're especially at a time when we're like oh what the fuck because this is like obviously super sexual assaulty we're on a college campus you know right there's a lot and of they, shit here. i think that that the people who make the show are thinking then we'll come back from commercial and it'll be this hilarious like this like double talk like right. impotence thing right, right? and like that does, you know, help, but it, it but, but, it, but it's, it's, it's very close. And they didn't have to go that hard. Yeah, they really didn't the... have to go that hard. I read that um, they wanted people to think Willow was actually dying. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which... But I still don't think they had to go that Yeah, it really hard. didn't need to be like this. And at no point did I really think Willow was going to die. No, ineffective and also yeah. offensive. Yeah. And, and like, the, you know... If this if the scene that preceded it wasn't as intense as it was, I'm a big fan of the scene that happens after the commercial break, if you will, with this. Like, I mean, the impotence thing is like funny, whatever. But I I just really enjoy the like Willow getting like really discouraged and like oh, it's like everybody's always telling me that I'm like a sister to everybody and like whatever. And he's like, I've I, I thought I've thought about biting you. And yeah, when like, you were like wearing this one particular this number, fuzzy pink number, and she's like, I couldn't tell, and he's like. I hate being obvious. Right. It's just like the dialogue is really fun and good. (laughs) Then she's like, why don't we wait a half hour and And try try again? again. Uh, We learned that Spike is 126, approximately half the age of uh, Angel. Hot. Yeah, just a A wee. younger man. Just a wee pup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a wee pup. I mean, a human could almost live that long. So what are we we thinking that vampires sire someone approximately every 50 years? Yeah. That's like 100 and. No, but there's somebody between them. Oh, but there's in between. Right, right, right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it seems like they sire a lot more than that, but maybe they they really sire their. It seems like they sire when they're recruiting. Mm Mm-hmm. For like, uh, and they're less, uh, less particular. And then for, for love. For love. For love. Love. Ah, oh, miss you, Drew. Drew, shall I you fill my heart with dread? And still I'm led right back to you. I mean, we, you know, any chance, we don't get a lot of chances to play that Drew jingle, so we just tossed it in there today. The more that I think about, I'm sorry. Yes. To bring it down. It's great. <clears throat> but the more that I think about this, like playing this like impotence 
thing mm-hmm. um, off of the pre- the scene that precedes it. Like the more that I'm kind of like bummed out on it, like the the parallels that like we're like kind of used to seeing in in not just the show but other vampire pop culture mm-hmm. that like you know it's like virility, right? Feeding. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole thing i know they're evil so maybe i'm just like looking too far like reaching too far to be like oh does it have to like i mean you're you mean you don't like you don't like the the attachment maybe maybe i just hate the preceding i think scene you hate the preceding so scene. i think we all hate the preceding like scene infringing on my enjoyment of yeah this delightful romp i, I think that's fa- totally fair yeah. i think that's super fair um and then we have like one of the worst fight scenes that I think I've ever seen. It's just very confusing. <laughs> it's very cloudy. There's fireworks going on in the hallway. I think it's confusing for everybody. Buffy fires the flare gun that we saw earlier. We see a gun. We know it's going to get fired right, at some point. Right. right. It's a flare gun. Uh, temporarily uh, damaging the eyesight of all the guys wearing the night vision stuff. Right. And I, and I get like the point. Like I know right? they're supposed to not recognize each other or whatever, but it's, it's just, just like, like so much. But yeah. also Riley does recognize Buffy or does, thinks he, he recognizes he, Buffy. Yeah, he, he definitely, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't see anything. He sort yeah. of, he sees her shape and like, is immediately like abort. Right. But it's, but, it, but I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't remember, but I don't, it didn't seem like he knew because. Oh my God. He's Teutonic. Maybe he just like was like, wow, this is like a five, two Dude. tiny woman. Right. No, he probably th- he thought it was a small man. <laughs> I think he, I think he could see that it was a girl wearing a slutty outfit. And you think just that he. That was a joke. He thought- <laughs> I know. I just think he was like, I'm fucking Teutonic. I'm not going to like keep fighting this tiny girl. Right. Okay. Hmm. Well. No, you don't think so? No, maybe. I hadn't really thought about he it. He either recognizes Buffy or he, he, is like. I don't think he does. That is a woman. Because he's he's super chill with Buffy in the last scene. Like That's and, true. Yeah. If he had recognized that it was Buffy, then. If anybody has intel. I, I think he doesn't know yet. I think mm. I, I think he doesn't know yet. And I think that like, I, I, I could have had this fight scene be about half of its length. Um, I get it. I yeah. got it. Ugh. Whatever. So, of course, they don't recover Spike. Spike gets away again. While when will we ever see Spike again? I don't know. Uh, In the credits. And next Walsh, episode. that is my literal note. Walsh is pissed. Me too. So pissed. Um, uh, Riley looks good with his, like, wet hair, like, Okay, back. you've had enough. You're cut <laughs> off. You're fucking cut off. I Riley. love a off Riley. Have <laughs> <laughs> you met your Riley Max for the episode? How dare you. Um, but yeah, Walsh is pissed. They lost the thing. But but we learn now about the chip um, in this little exchange because she's like, is the chip at least working? And Riley is like, it is. He's not able to harm another human being. So right. now we know. Another living creature. Another actually. living creature. Right. So, so he can't even like catch a rat. So he can't eat. Can vampires starve? Uh, I think they can grow very weak. We saw Angel in a flashback weak. get very, very weak. I don't know what the dura- like how long they can. Probably, maybe they just are super weak, for, but they get killed like from, <clears throat> from another thing because they're so weak. Right, 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 right. Uh, so he's got a, I think probably his only option is like go to the butcher. Oh, yeah, right. Of course, the butcher. Of course, Sunnydale butcher. Yeah, you can just call up the butcher and uh, get the Angel special. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd like the number seven, the uh, Angelus. 
Uh, yeah, and then after we leave the initiative, we get this one last scene <laughs> with uh, Riley and Buffy, which is just set up. And this is why I don't what? think that they recognize each other because they think it's to set right. up to let us know that they didn't recognize right, 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 each right. other. Did Willow tell you I like cheese? What, what a line. <laughs> How is this guy not just like covered in women? Oh, my God. And with that, <laughs> actually with that, since, you've, since you're all riled up, Jenny, why don't we fucking go to our final segment of this episode, the Sexual Tension Awards. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, it's time for the Sexual Tension Awards. Yes. First of all, let's talk about last episode's winners from Wild at Heart. A rough episode for sexual tension. Oh, my God. Coming in in fourth place with, are you ready, 1%. One, one person. Xander and Thrift. (laughs) That makes me so happy <laughs> uh, we had 503 votes so that means five people voted five for people. Xander and Thrift. All right, okay. Mm, in third place uh 22 we had willow and buffy's academic excellence nice. willow and buffy's brain uh second place it can't be denied even though we hate looking at it with 27 percent, veruca and her fucking microphone yeah did you see that somebody started a twitter account that's Dude. just veruca's mic yes <laughs> okay cool amazing pretty fun pretty fun uh, and coming in uh, in first place with 50% of the vote, Spike and villainous monologuing yeah, from afar. Yeah, did good, did good. Good job, Spike. Good job, Spike. Spike hasn't gotten an award in a minute. And he earned it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. He really did. Okay, for this episode, for the initiative, let's talk about another, your like, options. Yeah. Another, like, romanceless. God, it's like last season, we were just awash in sexual tension. Yeah, I guess we don't even need people to be actually engaging in romance no uh, we just need some heat yeah we don't have intended or otherwise so far but jenny's yeah. been digging deep so yeah so here we go vote on these if you'd like <laughs> harmony and her unicorn yeah. poster harmony and her unicorn po- poster that lisa frank looking shit yeah okay Next up, we've got Buffy and the Froyo machine. They yeah. had a heated exchange. Very heated. There was something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then how about Giles and Xander, or Jander, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. and a sense of purpose. That's mm. a, a thruple nomination. Okay. Giles, Xander, and a sense of purpose. Okay. And uh, Willow and the Death of Love. She's yeah. really into it. She really is. Yeah. Wow, that's a hard one. You know my vote is going to um, my favorite uh, vampire of all time, Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it is, it's a, might be a close race. Uh, Some really great uh, options. Okay. Uh, please cast your vote uh, on our Twitter poll, which will be up uh, momentarily. Uh, we are at BufferingCast. Yes, and many of you were very upset with me last week, even though I've been doing this, uh, or two weeks ago, I've been doing it this way for quite some time that I, that I leave the Twitter poll up for three days. Well, listen. Three days is not enough. Not enough. The people have demanded a week, and the people shall get their week. People it, are busy. Yes, the Twitter poll will be up for a week now, so don't come complaining to me. You got seven whole days to get your votes in uh, for the episode. Uh, and I, w- for one, I'm wondering what the fuck the mailing address for a unicorn is going to be, but we've got some time to figure it out, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely on a cloud somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yes. One, two, three, four, cloud lane. Yes. Uh, great. Sexual 
that about does it for this episode of Buffering, of course. Uh, I, as you may be aware, but I never want you to forget, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast with Kristen, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo, but you can find more about me on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Or you could just listen to this jingle and remember it forever. Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Nolene. Learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ people and their families and loved ones and educators. Uh, I do a ton of stuff with, especially these days, putting a lot of focus over at mykidisgay.com, which is a resource for parents and loved ones and educators of LGBTQIA people. So check that all out. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Buffering Cast. And you can always email us. <laughs> I know I have a lot five, of extra. Five, five, movie phone. I have so much extra zest this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, you can always email us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. <laughs> yes, and if you want to support our work, we would just adore it if that you would did. Uh, so many of you already do. You can support us in a very simple way by going on over and rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Please. It's a way of uh, letting people find the podcast and find each other. You can also go on over to our store where we have crop tops and mugs and zines about sexual tension between our two favorite slayers, Buffy and Faith. Well, we... I, I think there's a three-way tie between our favorite slayers. Yeah, well, the two slayers we would like to make out together the most. <laughs> uh, and, you know, plenty of Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy t-shirts and onesies, all sorts of fun stuff. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com, click on shop. And last but certainly not least, you can join us over on Patreon. We have a thriving community over there. We just added a new level, the $25 level. And actually, I'm going to remind you, I reminded you at the top, but I'm going to remind you here at the back end as well, that if you want to get the first round of exclusive merch, that's a t-shirt right now. We know the t-shirt is going to say, Giles in the streets, Ripper in the sheets. Hot. Uh, and then we're voting on an enamel pin that seems like it's going to be between an enamel pin that says the council is trash or <laughs> support your local alewife. So some really good shit <laughs> happening over, and that's exclusive. You only get it if you're at the $25 level, but you have to pledge before the end of August to get that first round of merch because we need, you know, you have to be a, a patron for a certain amount of time to get those. So if you want to get in on that train, now is the time to do it. You have till the end of August to get that merch, which will ship at the end of September. Yes. I think that's all I got, Jenny. Well then, <gasps> till next time. Ah, really getting in some extra stuff from leftover from last episode. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to support your friends Cause Willow, she's been moping And you know that I was hoping We could dance until she smiles again I don't mind Cemetery 
one of those times I need to party, please. I need to party, please. Ayo, looks like there's some commandos to chase. Don't know what's underneath that ski mask, but this task ain't great. Don't have time for Teutonic men. It's more important to support your friends. Cause Willow, she's been glooming, but you know I've been assuming that we'll dance until she smiles again. I don't mind the cemetery grind. But this is one of those times I need to party, please. I need some party cheese I want a night off Xander and Harmony They could fill in for me Every headliner needs a break So they don't break Spike got into the dorm zone Best friend, she ain't getting bitten on my watch. When will Spike learn that this is my town? I'll kick his ass and still have time to get down. I don't mind cemetery grind. This is one of those times I need to party, please. I want some party cheese I need to party please Bring me some party cheese Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with Calm Conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 